I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni. This is the Preferred Lines Podcast. We win, we place bets, and they cash, and we bring on people who do the same. What up, John? It's PGA Tout. Cheers to you. What's up, fellas? Cheers uh, to thanks you, Thanks for having man. me on. It is a, uh, it's an honor. It is an honor to be here. I love the show. It's important. <laughs> I've been watching for a very long time. And, wow. Uh, I never felt like I deserved to be on until maybe this moment. Stop, stop. You've been great. Uh, Those who don't know, John at PGA Tout uh, just puts out ridiculously fun articles to read every week. I find them some of the most enjoyable. Uh, They're easy on the eyes. They're fun. They're informative. They are quality stuff, man. we're, We're happy to have you on. Congrats on your victory lap of kisner week uh happy i was there with you um so what's up man what's new uh what's new well um i'll never be able to follow up what happened last week um i don't i don't really give out conviction plays (laughs) i i usually just uh you know evaluate a week and give like a very long list of people that might work out and try to be as vague as possible to let people make their own decisions. And last week was definitely a departure from that. I was in the Bahamas. I was laying, I was lounging all day, uh, Sunday, Monday. And I just, I had an epiphany. I had a moment of clarity and I just said, it's Kevin Kisner week. Everything lines up. The stars are aligning the course history, the easy course history, the short course history, the pop course history, the Donald Ross history. It was all there, and I was watching him implode on Sunday at the WGC, and every stroke he lost and hit into the water was just another point that I knew we were going to get on the board the next (laughs) week. And I was like, just keep dunking these. How much further down can it go? It got to 55. I saw some 60s out there. Everything just lined up, and it has to line up that way for me to have that sort of conviction. And obviously – we had some divine intervention involved when uh, Adam Scott pushed that four-footer. But uh, as we know, it was meant to be. Things that were meant to be are meant to be, and uh, the right man won. Exactly. Dude, yeah, that was well. so fun to watch, actually. <laughs> uh, and thank you for pushing me to place a top five bet because it covered all my money for the week. So I did end up, you know, I had that at least because of you. Thank you. I tried to get the house, but we'll settle <laughs> right. for a top five. Look, I, you know what? Who am I to question the experts and question Joe at the Wyndham? What am I doing here? What the hell? Uh, but at the same time, John, you were, uh, you know, we did this interview series for the Fantasy Golf Pod. That was a while ago. We've done some interviews on the preferred lines. We're not going to get into an in-depth interview with you, but let's just hear where, why golf? Why and where did it start for you? And then where can we find this article in this this content that you do? Um, yeah, sure. So why golf? So uh, I started a Twitter account called XFL Tout in February 2020. Cool. I was originally an XFL thought leader for a week. Um, I wasn't really like that's not <laughs> true. But um, I tried to do it because I moved to Jersey City. Uh, and I was living alone for like, we were in between leases with my girlfriend and I and like I was just living alone for the first time ever. And it's legal to, to bet on sports in Jersey. So I was like, let me bet on a sport that nobody else is betting and try to get an edge that way because yeah. I have a lot of time to myself. And this is like pre-COVID. 
Um, so I was like, yeah, if I just like research XFL, nobody else is going to do that and I'll find an edge. And I have to say, I was profitable for three weeks and then they shut down the season. And <laughs> I had, I had like 300 followers and I was like, I, I got something. I got a foundation here. I can't just let this go. Okay. And golf was the first uh, sport to come back post COVID. Like, yeah, we did nothing for three months. Gotcha. Um, and uh, I, I love golf. I play, I played in high school. Uh, I went to Syracuse for college, which has one month of golfable weather. So <laughs> that is where my career ended. Not that it was going anywhere anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've always loved watching golf and playing and talking about it. So, I figured I'd give it a shot and, um, you know, through, I, I, I subbed to uh, fantasy national, uh, in January, uh, like January 1st, I was like, this is fantasy national year. And the, the next day I created the site, the pgatout.com. Um, and I just figured, you know what, if I'm going to pay for fantasy national, the best way to justify that is to create something out of it. Okay. Because I, I, I thought I had like a pretty decent track record of just feeling it. And, you know, every I, I'm sure a ton of people in this chat do that, too, or they don't have Fantasy National. They just watch the golf and, um, you know, follow a bunch of people that, that they respect their opinions and kind of just build a card that way. That's what I was doing. And then I, I, I was like not keeping track if I was profitable or not, but I thought I was doing OK. And I was like, if I do Fantasy National, like, is it going to be a return on my investment? I'm not like building like hundreds of lineups i'm just yeah. sort of you know I, I i like to hand build them so i'm not paying for like a lineup generator True. um so i thought like the best return on investment would be to sort of give back um get some sort of leans create content out of it and then use that for other people to uh, make decisions off of so that that was kind of the basis of the website and um really blown away by the support it's gotten eight months later it's crazy that's already been eight months um but yeah it's really grown and the community's awesome and it's really cool to be a part of it um and and you know you guys are a big part of that as well you were like you know my first follow so um it's cool to be well the twitter handle i mean the twitter handle handle pga tout you're just you know that's that brings us right in we're like huh who is that we need that (laughs) yeah Uh, it's it's not good for um uh seo because everybody gets redirected to pgatour.com. Oh, um, and uh, I, I got to say, like, originally, like, everybody was coming at me um, because I had the word tout in my name. And they were like, for sure, like, you suck and your That's picks are wrong. And yeah. It's a dirty word. Yeah. I was like, damn, OK, I didn't. I got to yeah, run people yeah, back. It's ballsy to just be, you know, right out in center and front and center. I'm PGA tout. Come get me. Well, there was PGA touts exposed on Twitter at one point. There was somebody running that account. Either way, let's ask you this Kisner hit. This was this one of the biggest hits you've ever had. I mean, was it just the best weekend of your life? What are you going to spend this money on? <laughs> Go back um, to the Bahamas. You're going to live there. Man, I, I could I could buy a round trip. That's true. Uh, the, my biggest hit of my life is still Gary Woodland at the U.S. Open because that was like yeah. one ten to one, I think. Huh. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, I should. I mean, you can always say this in hindsight. I should have put more on it, but I, I put more than I normally would. I got more back than I normally would at the, at the women's championship. So I feel good about that. And it was a good DFS week too. So all in, probably my most profitable week of the year. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. What am I gonna What am I gonna get with it? I don't know. That's a good question. When Xander won the Olympics, I bought the shirt that he was wearing Cute. on that Sunday to commemorate it. So <laughs> I guess that's that's <laughs> that's something. Well, we should ask the guest Joe if he's on the jock market. Are you? Did you dominate over there this weekend as well? That app called the Jock Market MKT. You know what? I was in the Bahamas, so I missed oh. the IPO. Um, but I usually am. Uh, I love Jock Market. Who could not? How could you not <laughs> love Jock Market? They're the best. It's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, honestly, for me, sometimes I'll look at DFS and I'll be like. I can't really squeeze these guys in. I want exposure to them. I'm going to jock market. So I think it's a really good complimentary app to what a lot of people are. Using. Yeah, it's great. Dave's a great guy. Everyone's great over there at the jock market. It's fun. And it is uh, something that is also great for the NFL. If you haven't signed up yet for the uh, NFL or for anything, you can use our code PL and it'll match you back 50 bucks. Uh, do that now. Go do that or wait till Wednesday and do that while you watch Joe and Rick. They'll break down the board for the jock market every Wednesday evening about 8 o'clock Eastern time. Is that when you start? 8.15. Yeah, 8.15 to 9.15. So the IPO closes at 9. So we kind of uh, roll right up that final 45 minutes there. And then we talk about the prices everyone had. Well, who I missed, who I didn't get, uh, who I ended up with last week. Not bad, though. Had a lot of Kisner shares, had a lot of Roger Sloan, so it kind of carried me. I think I was fourth on the leaderboard last week, Ooh. so fun week there. Really, like, good DFS week for me, so I could have, like... Even with the withdraw? So win the, I, I cashed good money last week, even with a five out of six lineup. So it could have been, honestly, it could have been special again. I wouldn't have won what I did last year, but... I had Webb, I had Henley, I had Kisner, I had Streelman, like all of these guys in there, and then Norlander. So got screwed there, my own fault, having a five out of six. But uh, what could have been, man? What could have been? All right, you guys, follow us on Twitter. We're at Preferred Lines. That's what you're probably watching this on. But if you don't want to watch it live or you want to go what, time and a half or however you want to watch it, do it on iTunes. We're on there, too. You can like and comment and subscribe. Have we done all the due diligences? <laughs> yeah, a lot of time and a half people. I've realized I'm not a time and a half guy. I, I, yeah. It's it's you can't get the vibe right with time and a half. Are you guys? Do you guys listen to your podcast on time and a half? Yeah, dude. What times one is you like? Always do that, don't you? Yeah, it gives me a lot of anxiety to listen yeah, on time and a half because it feels like everyone's just trying to rush through the points. Yeah. Um, but I I have like I I do like really. There's so much good shows out there, and it's so mm -hmm. hard to listen to all of them. I have started to to try the, the time and a half. I do actually kind of like it. You know what I've noticed, actually, is people are slowing their tone down and their <laughs> podcast at normal speed because they know everybody watches it fastly. And that sounds normal. But anyway, I talk too fast. You can't even watch this in time and a half when it's the – Fantasy golf out of the preferred lines because I just talk so fast because I'm just so energetic. I'm so excited. I'm just so excited about the board. Let's get to the board. Let's get to the tippity tip top of the betting board this week. And you have John Ram Rodriguez. He's a 10 to 1. Did we go to the top of the board, boys, or did we skip down? Did we are we doing this John Rom thing? First off, new board this week, Chad. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh first of all, this board is my is not uh it's are we sponsored. 
No, not yet. I just like these people. <laughs> BetOnline.ag, you can sign up, but do not use this 300%. See this scam right here? Don't do that. No. You over. Uh, what you want to do is you want to not use any bonuses. You don't want to use any free plays. You just want to use the $50 that you put in there, and that's what you use only, or else you'll have a rollover and they'll ruin you. I don't know if BetOnline is as bad as the other books. So, that's why we like bet online because I was able to withdraw money from them as easy as one, two, three, snap of a finger, got it, my money in my pocket oh. after I won. Other books, not so certain you're going to get away with that. Now, this one has the Euro event that I'm not interested in. They've got other stuff on here. This has got all the sports and you want. It's got a casino. Oh my gosh, it's illegal where I live. But at the same time, it shows the Northern Trust. This betting board has John Rahm as the number one guy. He's at 10 to 1. And then under 20 to 1, you also have Jordan Spieth at 16. You have Colin Morikawa and Dustin Johnson at 18 to 1. This is a stacked field. We know the statistic that this is as good as any major, if not the players. It is the strength of field of those events. We're here. The playoffs, guys. The playoffs. So who are we taking at the top of the board? Anybody? Lead us off, John. Oh, man. So the thing that made me so confident last week was the top of the board was not very imposing. And mm -hmm. it felt like you really freely like go after anybody you wanted because it was very clear for Webb or Hideki to not mm. win. This week, it's really hard to stare at John Rahm at the top and say that the bombs that I'm considering at 90 to 1 have a better chance than John Rahm. I'm not going to bet him. I, I I don't bet guys who are 10 to 1. I don't see a lot of guys reaching for him here, but it is a really good setup for him. And we're going to need a little bit of luck on our side for John Rahm to not be at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday. But I'm not going to start my card there. The next two guys really have my attention, and I may end up betting both of them. Mm. Really? Which is also I atypical for me because I usually try to start – above 20 to one but uh this is a course where i don't think you have to be great off the tee uh there is there's fairway bunkers there's fescue and there's water but the fairways are pretty big and the first cut of rough at least historically hasn't been super penal um so i don't like and it's a lot of forced layups so you're not really going to bomb and gouge this if you don't have a lot of distance i don't think that's a huge disadvantage read and answer were one two here last year they're not really long players um so you really just need a, a good all-around game um and you know you don't have to be the best off the tee player to gain strokes off the tee if that makes sense here because you probably are going to hit more fairways and you're not going to be disadvantaged for distance so with with off the tee not mattering as much that gets me really excited about a guy like speed i know he's turning around the off the tee game but he's so good with his approach and his around the green game and the putting all of the speed courses that we know are bent grass courses with augusta and colonial specifically mm. uh, and I, i'm reading a lot of comps to royal st george's uh where mm -hmm. that obviously finished morikawa speed one two mm -hmm. um so i think there's a very repeatable formula for what guys did well what they did well at the open uh, about a month ago. I think if you bring that sort of game here, you'll have continued success. And when you add in bent grass greens, that gets me really excited about a guy like Speed. Okay, makes sense. 
I did not go to the top of the board. Joe, are you interested in anyone in the 20s or anyone above the 20s? Are we doing this here? It's crazy the amount. So a couple things. First off, all the guys in the chat, what's up? Good friends. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Second off, John Rahm just like ruins like golf betting tournaments for me a lot of times. Like when I see his name there, I'm like, fuck, this guy's going to win. Um, it's at that point <laughs> where uh, he, he just sucks the value out of all the guys that I like to bet. Uh, moving on, I do like the Open Championship as a quality comp. I think that um, it does play very linksy. I don't think you have to be – it's long, but I don't think you have to be overly long. Like looking back, and I hit Reed here in mm. – what was that? 2019. Yes, 2019 mm-hmm. when he won. He's on the banner. Check the banner. He's one of the one of the first guys. Yeah, on the, the banner on the is so damn there. crowded. Um, you can barely figure out who's on. It there. was like okay. So I looked at some of the other names and going into that final round, he was either leading or in the final group was Harold Varner. Snedeker oh. was up there. Abe Answer finished second, I think. Um, these are not guys that are like long off the tee. Like they all are very uh, much play it back in front of the bunkers, long iron, and great bent grass putters. When you look at that sort of Royal St. George's comp, it's amazing how many of these guys up here were all at the top of that leaderboard. Like Morikawa first, Spieth second, Brooks was there, sort of. Rory was there, DJ was there. Like they were all so crowded. They all played really well there. Um, for me, like it's it's still kind of early. I've been kind of soaking up the Gisner week. Had a big big uh, big day at work today, so I haven't dove too much into it. But you know, it's no surprise. Eileen Brooks, I was off of him. I, I like I've got a good barometer on this guy. You know this, Chad. Like I was fully off of him in Memphis when I was on him the year before. I said not the time for Brooks. I feel like it may be coming around. I think he's sort of gearing up for this FedEx Cup playoff run because he. He, he went over this year, and he's been over in big-time events for a little while now. So, um, you know, strong finishes before that, plays well in sort of the New York, Northeast area. Shinnecock, I think, is a decent comp. Um, I'm leaning there, but haven't pulled the trigger yet. What about you, Mr. Eckert? Well, don't we know about Brooks that he needs like a week to get going, and then, then you know, we bet him. Not well, this I kind week, of think but- he got that. A little bit at Memphis, and here's why. Like, I think that that was that was his like time off, and okay, he oh, okay, for that, and that gave him a little bit of run up. And I think Got he it. spent the last week like gearing up the game for this playoff run because this is all he's got left in the season, or else it's you know it, for Brooks Kepka. Yes, he was coming off an injury, but ultimately, if you tell him at the season you're going to have one win this year and it's going to be at the waste management, it's not a good season. He'll tell you that. Like I hope they ask him that in the interview, and he'll say it's not a good season for me. So um, he wants to get a win in these next three weeks badly. Dude, and he kind of stole a win, too. Yeah. But this the the range of the 20s is ridiculous. It's crazy that you can get Brooks at 22 to 1. You can get Rory there, too. You could get JT if you wanted it somewhere there. John, are we into JT? 25. Can we do it? I So I, I think Rory and Justin are in a very similar spot right now where the short game is a little suspect. The irons we know are there and they're recovering from some really bad off the tee game earlier in the season. They're really finding that now. Justin is a lot more of a concern to me with the putter. It's just really not showing any signs that that's going to improve. Totally. And 
Rory, maybe the around the green game is a little, um, you know, suspect. Whereas Justin, that's that's one of his strengths. So that's sort of a trade off. I think you have to consider between the two okay. at similar odds. I thought it was funny that uh, Rory. I don't know if you guys saw this. Thursday, Friday, he lost like two strokes both days around the green, and then he overnighted a new set of wedges from TaylorMade, and oh. he he gained strokes over the weekend. Huh. Um, so. <laughs> Like I, I, I don't think that means anything. I think that's just funny. Yeah. Um, but he's not as lost maybe as the numbers seem because he was able to turn it around. Um, so I definitely would lean Rory. It's actually like, it's. I've got to pick two between Spieth, Morikawa, and Rory, and I'm leaning towards the first two right now. Okay. Um, but there's a lot to like about Rory. I think a lot of guys are talking about him. There's no doubt about the ball striking right now. It's been spectacular for months. Um, it's just putter. a matter of if he's going to get that putter rolling. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Bryson because if Bryson had won uh, two weeks ago, whenever that was, and it had got, it came through, got the win, this 28 wouldn't be here. And now we got a 28 on him. He choked on the, on Sunday when he normally doesn't. So can we give him a pass on that and buy this 28? I've, okay. I don't think there's nearly as much wrong with Bryson as people are leading on right now. Um, I think that there's a bit of an overreaction because um, he's the type of player that is not going to have Colin Morikawa where he finishes top 20 in eight, nine straight events. That's not the type of player he is. He's going to have missed cuts. He's going to have pop weeks. Like that's, he's just not consistent enough. And he, I don't think he would, has tailored his entire game around being that golfer. Um, right. He wants to have these elite pops where events set up right for the way that he has made his body, made his game. Um, I don't know that this is a great spot for him. I don't think that the whole Brooks thing is, is as much in his head as some other people believe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I went back and forth with some guys on the whole bullying article, how I kind of disagreed with that sort of take on the fans. They're being hard on him. He's brought a lot of it on himself. I don't think it's affecting his golf game as much as some people may think. I think he very easily, um, you know, misses the water on a couple shots, judges it a little bit better, and he wins that tournament uh, two weeks ago. So I think it's a very fair number on him. I'm interested, John, on what you think of of the course fit because that seems to be the biggest thing for me with Bryson is um, is it does it set up for his game? And if it does, he's he's going to contend. Yeah, I, I was right there with you in those uh, bullying article <laughs> follow-ups. So we all had a, a lot of opinions. And um, I, I think we listened uh, – Kenny and Tambo had a great podcast. You you mentioned they that. Did. And I went back they and listened did. to it. And they put it into context very well. Yeah. Um, so I, I was a little – I was prob- I would say I was probably heated at, at, at the article when you throw around the word bullying at a, at a sporting event um for for a one word jeer I, I think that's a little extreme checking your humanity as it was said but um I, here's what i'll say about bryson i i'm gonna be fading him this week and i might i might be targeting against him in some matchups mm-hmm. it's not a lynx course but it has a link style to it which is why i was sort of off of him at the open this is a course where you're not gonna slice a drive and end up on the other fairway and hit from a crazy angle or be under a fence but still be able to play out of it if you if you miss the the hole like if you hit it off of where the hole is 
you are in a hazard. You're either in fescue or you're in water or you're somewhere that's not playable. Um, now, Bryson has gotten around that. He actually has like really good short course history where you can club down. He does that well. Uh, but this is this is not a course that's going to completely take the driver out of your hand. So I'm a little nervous about where that driver can spray to and, and some trouble that he's going to get into that way. And the other thing is a little more subjective, but he's going to hear it from the fans this week. And if we have, if we believe anything about uh, this is getting into his head and these are like little paper cuts of Brooksy, like he will <laughs> not hear more Brooksy's all year than what he's going to hear from the crowd in Jersey City, right right across the Hudson. I will be there. I will not be chanting Brooksy Adams. Do it. Good. Good. I, I'm going to show some restraint, but I, I, I'm probably going to be one of very few that holds back because it's just out there and people like getting under his skin and he's not a guy that people are going out of their way to root for right now. So well, that, you know, that, that makes the, me a little nervous. Lead, I think he could play off the crowd and be in the lead and, or in, you know, contention and get them like on his side and kind of rally them. And I feel like maybe he could use it for his advantage as much as like it could be against him. If it gets against him early, yeah, we're, we're leading towards a miscut, but if it can get behind him, maybe we can do it. Uh, I think you with Bryson, you're going, let's talk about your location and Joe's lights are going <laughs> off. Like it's Las Vegas. Look at the coffee. It's a magic word. Um, yeah, well, with Bryson, things can always go one of two very different ways. And that's why he's always a, a compelling outright bet. Because Look at Joe. It goes the good way. If you guys are watching on YouTube, <laughs> Joe's lights have like gone schizophrenic. It's a rave. I mean, all right, there we go. There's the good Sorry. <laughs> right. Somebody said a buzzword out there. Live he's activated something. <laughs> Yeah, so you're going to the tournament, John. That's cool. Or are you just oh yeah, okay. Record? I'm going Thursday and Sunday. I my apartment is in Jersey City. I live like two miles from Liberty National, and I looked outside my window today. There's uh, signs for parking for Liberty National in my in my apartment building's parking lot now. So That's I'm cool. I'm very close to the action, and it's gonna be. Um, very annoying to drive my car this week. Oh, <laughs> I like Norfolker. He says shut down. To bet Bryson. <laughs> you guys oh, also man. know I bet Bryson at the WGC last week and I avoided the bet. I saw that. Oh because, because ESPN posted the article and he said, temper your expectations about me. I'm mm -hmm. sick and I lost 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I avoided it and uh, never rooted so hard against somebody to like, I, I felt more satisfied that he didn't win than if one of my outrights were to win. Nothing personal too, Anytime but, a guy says that, you almost have to bet them. It seems yeah, like that's the Jason Day that at the Palmetto. It almost won. Was like, I've been terrible. I can't swing. I'm not practicing. Boom, almost wins. Adam Scott literally last week said, yeah. I can't wait for the season to be over. I got to get back to my kids in Australia. And he has the best round of his life. So you got to look out for these negative and yeah. all in my, my club's not interacting with the turf at the open. Like, yep. It, yep. It, it is such a green light when anybody ever says anything negative about their game the week. Correct. 
All right, let's keep going around this board here. You got Abraham Answer, the winner of uh, the WGC. Daniel Berger, 33 to 1 as well. Scotty Scheffler, 33 to 1 on Victor Hovland. And in the 30s, you have Paul Casey at 35 to 1, one of my favorite guys. And if you're telling me it's going to be like the Euro event, aren't these the names we like? John, let's go. Yeah. Um, I keep going back to Scotty Scheffler, who also had a high okay. finish at the Open. Um, I don't love the number, to be honest. I think Daniel Berger and Victor Hovland are much more appealing at 33 to 1. And yet, I just, and even uh, Harris English at 40, who's been so good lately. But I just keep going back to Scotty, and I never bet Scotty, but he's somebody who gains in all four categories, which I think is huge this week. I think you got to be able to be above field average and off the tee approach around the green and putting. He steps up in these these big moments, whether it's the majors, the WGCs, the playoff events, he's always, you know, in the mix when it matters the most and uh Ryder cup consideration. I think that's real. Hmm. I think he's absolutely in if he wins this tournament. And I think he's absolutely on the bubble right now. And he knows it with say a, a web, uh, fee now and, and a Harris English. I think one of those four, maybe two of those four are in. So let's let me ask you too. Do you guys take into consideration they're they're on the bubble for that kind of thing, or they're on the bubble for this top seventy, and then they're gonna somehow miraculously show up and play better? Does that matter to you? It's no. hard, man. It's really hard to factor that in because I think that for me, it's going like pressure and that kind of stuff affects every player differently. So to lump everyone into the same bucket and say that. Uh, he needs to finish in the top 70, 71st. This is going to this is going to help him this week, or this is going to hurt him. It really kind of depends on the individual guy. And then you start playing mental coach and psychiatrist and digging into like what their thoughts are. And anytime that I start trying to do that, I'm usually wrong. Like so, whenever <laughs> I try to factor in like motivation and stuff like that, it's usually a, a, a bad take for me. Like getting back to Scheffler, I initially wanted to take him this week. I do think that he's on the outside looking in at the Ryder Cup right now. But to me, like it, it, I took Hovland instead. First of all, he was five more points on the board. It was 35 to one versus 30. I can't okay. re recall many tournaments this season where Scotty's been the favorite over Vic. Hmm. And I feel like the recent form, which has given him that large bump like usually Hovland's in like the 25 to 30 range and Scheffler's like 40 to 1 sometimes higher earlier in the season I don't think this shift in flipping them is all that justified right now and I know that Scotty has has played well in these big events but his fourth round scoring average ain't very good like he's been not and I've had him on a couple of these so I've noticed he's not playing well in the fourth round and you know I'm looking back at his last 10 events here he's got one top five like Hovland's last 10 events he's got two thirds and a first if you count the euro event um so while the most most recent like the last three rounds has been a little bit in favor of scheffler i think the odds are i think that vic is a little bit better player right now i think that he's more comfortable um, and, and ready to win an event like this. So I just think the additional five points is a little bit of a drift in Hovland's direction, and okay. I don't want to pay the premium on Scheffler this week for me. Okay. I guess that's fair. I, I actually, you know, I'm kind of leaning, 
an older veteran gentleman, not the young guys, this, uh, you know, young crew people. I like this Paul Casey play this week. I feel like a total driver is going to be important. I feel like he's kind of got that all around game. It's reached the playoffs. He has had a really successful season. He talked about it in December going into the tur- into the, I guess maybe it was into the tournament champions, Sony, wherever he started. He talked about how Paul Casey was like, hey, I feel like I'm already in month three and it hasn't even started. So my body's ready. I'm going to go. I'm going to take advantage of the season. So, hey, we got Paul Casey at 35 to one. You guys are, am I crazy? Can you talk me out of it? No, I, you know what? I like a lot of these guys in the thirties. Like I'm going to probably make the bulk here. You can make Mm -hmm. a case for Cantlay. I think you can make a case for burger. I think there's actually a case to be made for, for web here. Honestly, like uh, three straight top twenties. I, he played well last week. Like it, 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 everyone was against him. So it was a little bit skewed, but still played pretty well. Back to back top twenties at this event, the two times he's played it. Um, like, I think that all these guys in this 35 to one range, like you can make a case for a lot of them. And I think Casey's one of those guys that, that I certainly have circled right now. John, what about Patrick Reed? Are we always betting Patrick Reed? He's the winner of the Northern <laughs> trust. I think a couple of, he's done. He, dude, this is his time of year, isn't it? We're gearing up for the Ryder cup. He knows he needs to make it on a qualifying spot. This would be a great chance for Patrick Reed to solidify it at 40 to one. Are we going the house on Patrick Reed? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I came into this week like months ago, just blindly saying I'm, I'm going to bet Patrick Reed at Liberty national. Cause he won there and we <laughs> always get a good number on Patrick Reed. And it's going to be a loaded field. And I'm just, I want that. Um, this range is just so appealing around him that I'm getting cold feet about Reed and I'm kind of leaning towards not betting him anymore. I was looking back at kind of the form coming in in 2019 when he won and mm. he was driving the ball better than maybe he ever has in his mm. career okay. leading into that event in 2019. Okay. He won that event with the driver. He gained like five strokes off the tee. Okay. He hasn't come close to doing that in 2021. It's been okay. all short game. Even when he won, uh, Torrey Pines, I think that was all short game. So um, you know, you need to be well-rounded. I'm a little concerned about the state of his driver right now. Um, so getting cold feet there, especially when you're surrounding him with guys like Hideki at 40. That's a really good number for Hideki. All right. Why we is Hideki at 40? <laughs> we already talked about English is, is playing the best golf of, of his career right now. Casey, I think. What about answer? Um, like best golf of his career coming off a win. He had a second here last time. Like he had a top 15 at the open. There's, there's, there's <laughs> everybody right here. Yeah. I, I think there's range. a lot to be said about the monkey off the back too. I think guys play a little more relaxed after they get their first. You saw Sam Burns uh, mm-hmm. following up his win with, with a second place the next week. So I think these guys play a little easier after they get that first win off their back, a little less tense. Answer could be got to watch out for, although I think that number is a little, little short for me. But yeah. um, it's it's just you almost can't go wrong in this range. Um, it's hard to make decisions, but you know maybe that makes it more of a jock market. Well, that's the truth. The truth right now is that the golf is so good. We've got some of the best players 
in the history of the game playing all at the same time. It's it's amazing. You're going to get 28 to 1 on Bryce DeChambeau, a top five player in the world, someone who's historically going to be known as one of the greatest of all time. You got Rory and Justin Thomas in the 20s, the same thing. It's it's just insane. You've got young guys with talent coming up. You've got veterans that are hanging on, like Adam Scott. We got Canadians like Corey Connors. You got top 10 Tonys at 60 to 1. Top 10 Tony at 60 to 1. Are we going to do a top five or top 10 on Tony's 60 to 1 number? Because that's where we get the money. Out on Fino right now. No. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, he's just, I like, he's not the same top 10 Tony. I just, for some reason, man, and you know, like early on, we were both on him a lot, but I just like, I I just like see right through him on the odds boards at this point. It just, no matter what numbers seemingly they stick in front of him, it just doesn't seem, uh, it doesn't seem bettable to me because I'm not really like I'll, I'll take I'll I put up a couple top tens, but those are like guy like I, when I take a top ten, I want like okay. seven, eight, nine, ten to one. You never get that with him. I don't take top fives, so yeah, he, he's okay. no for me. Well, then let's I talk about I'm... long shots. Who do we got, John? Tell us now before we ask you to make a declaration of who you're gonna, <laughs> you know. Tell everybody on Twitter, like, this guy's going to win or you can suck my balls. Now, who's the long shot, though? Because this isn't the, like, S my D play. This is just the fun long shot play. It's not going to happen, is it? Um, I, You know, I wouldn't rule it out, to be honest, because Answer and Varner finished 2-3 at Liberty National in 2019 at the Northern Trust. And that is, I mean... Barner might be playing the same golf now. I, I think he was a little worse in 2019 than he is now. Uh, mm-hmm. Answer was bad in 2019. Mm-hmm. He was not. He was not the Abraham answer. So I'm not going to rule out guys in the in the longer range. I think you got to just gain strokes in those four categories. You need to look at guys who have that sort of upside. Um, I'm not going crazy on bombs this week. I'm not going back to Kevin Kisner, although he does have good history here. Um, and obviously he's plenty motivated now. He's trying to he's trying to ride this, this Ryder Cup wave now, which I think What about Henley? Your guys, you guys were also on Henley. Yeah. Henley might be zero percent owned in uh in DraftKings. <laughs> Everyone this week hates that was tough, everybody man. on planet Earth was on him and he yeah. let everybody down. Yeah. <laughs> The thing um, is, we this, all kind of knew that was like the likely scenario that was going to happen the whole way with Henley. And it was just like the longer it went on, it just teased and teased. So we had that tease. And then it was like the six man playoff that he somehow like just misses it. Like it was it was a fun event. It really was. Yeah. The Wyndham, that was a great playoff. Like I thought that was a ton of fun. Six guys. We like just as we knew Henley probably wasn't going to make it. We all knew Adam Scott wasn't making that putt, That's right? True. It was like every every like thirty seconds that passed by where he was waiting, like his odds of making that putt were just dropping and dropping. Like it, it was. Dude, they showed him. They showed the video of him, and you can just see in his eyes, like, oh shit. <laughs> He's like rechecking the greens book, and like he was trying to be cool, Adam Scott, like very suave and like handsome looking, but like at the same time, you just knew he wasn't making that putt. Dude, he was. He would be better off from like fourteen feet than that putt. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It, what makes it even better is Siwoo had the exact same putt and it didn't move <laughs> at all. It's just a and straight... You know what I noticed? Like Scott didn't watch it at all. No. Did you notice that? He was like way off to the, on like, the other guy. side of the green. Like, like, you got to be getting a peak there. Like, it, it didn't move. It was dead and center. It was funny how all five feet. guys were just like, 
lined up to the side <laughs> when they showed the side angle of Scott coming in. You see all guys with like hands on the hips, like hats halfway off, ready to like shake hands. And then he just like, pulls the shit out of wood. Good stuff. Huh. Oh, hey, Beautiful. let me let me Beautiful ask moment. you, you guys, Jason Kokrak at 75 to 1. Now, hear me out. He wins events now. He's not afraid of anybody else on tour anymore. He actually can put the well. He bombs the shit out of it. 75 to 1. Is this the long shot we could try out? If you want um, the closest thing to my my Kisner prediction last week is that he was my spotlight player uh, in my in my preview article. And I that's did. Jason I did see that. this week. I did. So it's it's not nearly the same amount of conviction, and it's a longer number. But I will be betting Jason Kokrak this week. He's got his first two career tour wins this season, both coming this season. They both came on bent grass, which I think is notable. Sorry, my cat just crawled on my lap. Cat, cat sighting. Okay, let's get the cat out of here. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, first two tour wins this season, both on bent grass. Shadow Creek, I think, is a very good comp um, to this course. It's it's kind of manicured the same way. It has the same sort of water in play. Um, bent grass greens. And then Colonial, which is not exactly – that's more tree line than what we're going to see here. But he won it with the putter. He was electric on Sunday, and he stole that away from my speed outright. So I, I hold a little bit of a grudge against Kokrak for that. But hmm. um, actually, that was another event where uh, Henley collapsed. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So maybe that's a good omen. I don't know. Um, he's the number one bentgrass putter. And last week, um, Kisner was the number one Donald Ross putter, uh, and he won. So maybe there's some synergy there. Uh, I think the life is going to help. There's a 600-yard par 5 here that I think he's actually going to be able to get to in two. A lot of the field won't be able to. There's a lot of long par 3s, so distance can help um, in some ways. And another guy that can gain in all four categories. So I I think that's a bad number that they put out. for a good number for us. I think it's a misprice. Plenty of upside for Kokrak. And also another guy, if he wins – he finds a way to win. He's on the Ryder Cup team. So I think For he's sure. thinking about that a little bit as well. He'd be the now, only guy this season with with uh, three victories as well. So that's actually like borderline uh, player of the year category, like if he wins this event. Um, I'm on co-crack with you. I took him at 80 to 1. I really like the, the bent grass putting angle. I think that that's very important this week. But what, just a total flyer for me, and you've got him highlighted right there, Chad. <laughs> I'm in. For the I was wondering, time, are we talking about how for the first time since he's back? I'm putting my chips in on him. Wow. Uh, it, you, the, the best part is it doesn't have to be many chips. He's 150 to one. One dollar, um, bro. Screw it, man. Let's go. I'm back. I'm a one dollar better. All right. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? Do we need to talk about anything else? I mean, we've been here 42 minutes. This has been great. Uh, John, the PJ Tout on Twitter, has a successful history of picking winners. I mean, he's been doing this only eight months. It feels like 10 years. This dude's just like been around. <laughs> if you would have told me, yeah, four years ago we started this uh, website, I would have believed you. But anyway, uh, who who is the whoops, who's the conviction play of the week? Is it Kokrak or are we going with more like logical things? Um, I think the uh, what's special about the conviction play of the week is that it isn't every week. Okay, and uh, I'm like not going to give you a conviction play every week because not that would a lot of things need to align, 
and sure. it's not it's you know you're forcing it at a certain point so oh yeah um, you know what i you know what i say to that i say you pussy a house lean last week i was putting static i didn't know what i was doing i should have just gone with kisner you guys I try to tell you, not only did John like have the conviction play, but I sat here last Monday and, and told you Kiz was going to do it as well. So you had two very good resources try to push you in the right direction. You were too busy worried about your rollover saga. Yeah. The new no, the, the champ, the, the champ, fake lucky prediction. It went to my head like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that's in our heads. Now we can't go wrong. It feels we're like having fun. Feels right. like a, a three-point shooter, and we're, we're pulling up from half court now because yeah. we, we can't miss any. We're calling our shot, and it just feels like it's going to go in now. That's how golf betting works. I went on a three-month outright drought where I didn't hit anything. That's and it, then, dude. You know, this happens, and people like people, you know, get worked up on Twitter. I, I haven't hit anything in a while. How Long are you? Game. How are your uh, your menchies? Did they blow up? Did your mentions on Twitter just? light up like a christmas tree like mine did when the house that one yeah i i imagine it's exactly what you went through for the camp yeah. champ house yeah um, I, I i would still argue the camp champ house is a lot more <laughs> impressive because you really went out on a limb there um but uh yeah it's been uh it's, it's been a busy day for my mentions for sure cool. um but it's all well, good okay I, I haven't answered i haven't answered your question i if you put a gun to my head i think it's speed week um, I can't play him in one and done. Uh, I am really struggling to pick somebody in one and done because I have picked the top like head. 10 or 12 favorites, but I'm in a 25th in the Mayo cup right now. And I, like, it, this is a crucial, but I, I, I hit on Kisner, Justin Thomas, John Rahm and Colin, I think I had four winners in one and done. So damn. Everything else has been like missed cuts, but that's carried me through. So it's a crucial week for me, and I have like nobody left to pick. I'm like deciding between like Reed and Scheffler and Hovland, I think. It's going to be one of those three. Um, anyway, okay. Spieth is my guy. I I just love Spieth on bent grass. Uh, the approach game has been so good. Around the green game is really important here. It's not a full length course, but it's linksy. I think it fits his eye well. I, I believe he had a good finish here in 2019. Um, and he's just trending that way. He's he's had a lot of almost wins. He almost won the Open. He almost won Colonial. Um, won Valero, obviously. So that's just, like you said with Brooks, um, I think Spieth will look back at this season and say, I should have won more than once. Hmm. And uh, you know now he has a chance to to correct that. Okay. All right, we got we got uh we got to wrap it up here. We got Charlie R saying hi. I missed you guys. Uh, Kisner for life. How about Kisner? Are you guys gonna love Kisner for life because you're a little help. You you gotta yourself. love Kisner like anyways, man. Like the dude doesn't give a fuck. Like plays yeah, right. fast, fat dip in the mouth. Like and <laughs> he's just like speaks his mind. It just goes out there. Yeah, yeah. I've, I when Kisner went to the Open with a seventeen seventy six USA hat on, that was like the moment <laughs> where I'm like, I'm Team Kids for life right now. That was uh, how about Colt Nose dropping the? Uh, oh, Kisner says, how can I never win one of these uh, after Scott hit it super close? So 
Kisner says to Colt Nost, like, I'm never going to win. I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. So I hear Colt Nost talk about how Kisner's talking about, like, I'll never win a playoff. And then he went on to win the playoffs. So that was kind of fun that, like, he like even Colt in Nost. the moment talk to Colt Nost walking down the fairway. Uh, PGA <laughs> Tout, the man of the hour. He's a legend. What up? We are so thankful for having this PGA Tout with us tonight if you want to find pga tout you can go to his website it's pga tout.com it's kind of easy to remember and you can follow him on twitter at the same address pga t-o-u-t thank you for being here we did this this is the northern trust we got a couple more weeks left until we're off till uh tournament of champions let's go um we may do some stuff in the off season but either way that's it like and subscribe write and review sign up for jock market watch joe on wednesday Go to pjtourtout.com, whatever it's called, and let's play another round of Winner's Circle this week. All right, let's do it with Jordan Spieth, with Brooks Kepka, Paul Casey. Who the hell? Who the hell? It'll be great. Let's do it. Thanks, gang. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace.